episode 63. We had Hayden Humphrey, life coach extraordinaire. This dude was cool, young, but knows his stuff. Make sure you catch him in part two, y'all. But for this episode 63, stock markets at an all-time record high. And I know it's crazy. Slowly but surely, keep buying. Because you know what our economy and our country is all about, keeping that market up. Even if it goes down a little bit, you want to keep steady buying. And when it goes down a lot, keep that powder dry, y'all. We talked about Australia. They've been in a 25-year boom, no recession. Is it possible we end up being the same way? Maybe. Listen in. We talked about Nissan. Another CEO bites the dust. Yup. Hiroto Sakawai. This is the dude that basically outed Carlos Ghosn. Now he's out for the same shit. Who's, let's see who's next and what kind of shit he's been up to or she. Then we hit up AT&T. Basically, buying Time Warner and HBO is trying to put lipstick on the AT&T pig. I think they're big and bold, big and fat. Activist investor Elliot Management, a hedge fund, is basically about to do the same thing and, and identify them in that way. They're going to try and basically get a lot of changes to happen at AT&T. Sit back, relax, enjoy the episode. Thanks for listening and y'all, peace. Always is a good place to dance. And that's yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like Scully's. Columbus is dope, dude. I uh, I mean, because of Ohio State, it's always going to kind of be popping. There's just so much money sure. there. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's my my one interesting Columbus fact is that Columbus is actually the third largest fashion capital in the U.S. behind L.A. and New York. The only reason I could think that's true is because of L Brands. Yeah, yeah, yep. that's pretty much. And uh, Les, what's his name? Les, Les Wexner. Les Wexner. Also, yeah. the Abercrombie and Fitch home office is there. Yeah, because yep. of L Brands and. and uh, you all know Jeff Epstein, obviously, in his drama with Columbus, mm-hmm. right? And L Brands. Mm, no. Oh, dude. Leslie and... I think his name's Leslie, right? Mm-hmm. Leslie... Or yeah. Lester. Les. Les, yeah. Les Wexner and Jeff were tight. Super tight. Lester and Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like two pedophiles. <laughs> it does, doesn't, doesn't it? it? <laughs> Lester and Jeff. Is it Lester? I think it's Leslie, to be honest. I think his name is Leslie. Yeah, his name's Leslie. It is? Yeah. 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 Leslie Wexner and Jeff Epstein. Hell yeah. Those guys, oh man, those names That's are not. Thing. Those yeah. names are not certain. His name is everywhere. Leslie? Wexner. Yeah. Wexner. It's, billionaire. Always, it's yeah. literally everywhere. That's how Jeff Epstein got became a billionaire is because of riding this guy's coattails. And my theory is these guys were up to some really shady shit with Victoria's Secret models. Just really shady shit. Wexner didn't get married until he was like in his late 50s, I think. Mm so these dudes were bacheloring it up for yeah. decades. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, when you have that much money, you can pretty much just do whatever the f- you want or yep. you feel like you can do whatever the f- you want. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty true. You can buy Congress. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which I'm sure in many ways they did. Uh, I can't think of a better way to start, guys. Yeah. So business is another shit. I'm your host, Amr. What's up, Hayden Humphrey? What is going on? John Dolder, assistant producer. Hey, what's going on? Today we are comicless. Comics. Yeah, we don't have comics, so there's What's no that? laughter today. Make up for that. We'll make up for it. Yeah, uh, it may be the least funny show we've ever had. Yeah, this is going to be good. pretty depressing, everyone. So yeah, please tune in. Yeah, pop a couple. Uh, f- uh, what are they called? Uh, what are the things you take for depression? What antidepressants? Antidepressants? Yeah, anti- yeah. yeah. Pop some Prozac. Prozac. Mm, that's what I kept thinking. Yeah. Pfizer. I'm like, that's the company. Mm-hmm. Pfizer. What's your tattoo say? Hayden? <laughs> it says joie de vivre. Joie de vivre. Yeah, it's a oui. French expression. It means joy of life. Just oui. like exuberant mm-hmm. set. Being alive. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Let's be alive, baby. 
Yeah, let's do it. Uh, thank you all for listening. Hayden, you are a life coach right now. Yes, sir. That's amazing. Thanks. You weren't a life coach just a couple of years ago. No, I was not. So You were in San Fran, right? I was, yeah. yeah. Working I, for LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I moved out there originally to work for a smaller uh, tech startup mm. and then left that company after about eight months and then joined LinkedIn as part yeah. of a rotational program. Oh, it was and part of a rotation program. Yeah, in LinkedIn. Yeah, and so you got to see a lot of the company. I did. It was cool, actually. Like, I did some recruiting. I did some customer service. Uh, and then when I moved to Chicago, I was doing a sales role, um, which was great. It's a great company. I just beginning of 2017 just realized a lot of stuff about why I'd been making certain decisions and mm. how I did not want to be working for anybody else. Self-reflective. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So you're from Columbus. Yeah. Did you go to Ohio State? No. So I actually went to Ohio University. Okay. Go Bobcats. Yep. And uh, I That's wanted... That's in... Uh, uh, Wait, where? Athens. Athens. Athens, Ohio. Yeah, Ohio, literally yeah. middle of nowhere, Ohio. Right. I've um, been there before. Oh, have you really? Yeah. Oh, nice. Just a friend for, of mine. Just cuz? Uh, Azhar, a uh, dear friend of mine. Wh- I think was he with also? I think it was Azhar. He, had, he was booked for a stand-up comedy show there. Oh, cool. So oh. we drove there. That's interesting. Yeah, we drove there and uh, yeah, we checked out Athens and we did the nice. show. Now, a uh, fun fact, on the way there, we stopped at a gas station, mm-hmm. like a rest stop in the mm-hmm. rural part of Ohio. And it was like, I don't know, two in the morning, three in the morning. And I'm in the back seat. I open my door only to find a dude running as fast as he's ever run in his life, probably. Mm-hmm. And he runs right into the door. Yeah. And he's, his hip is just like destroyed. And he goes straight to the ground. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. Like, I, I didn't even see you. And I'm like, why the are you running in a gas station at two in the morning? He's like, oh, oh. I'm like, are you okay? I kid you not. Jumps up, I'm fine. Keeps running. I'm like, this dude is on right, some on kind of drugs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Probably meth. Probably meth, right? Yeah. It's Ohio. It's, yeah, well, it's Appalachia, man. It's yeah. it's it can it's rough. Yeah. Rural parts of Ohio. Is yeah. it like I mean West Virginia is the capital of the the mm-hmm. the drug problem. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. that part kind of like West Virginia? Oh well it's I think it's West Virginia and Ohio. Like they have a huge mm-hmm. problem with uh uh I'm blanking on the exact term. Opioids. Opioids, yeah. It's right. a huge it's a crisis. Like, it's a straight-up crisis. Speaking of, Purdue Pharma, who is, like, the major supplier of most opioids in this opioids in this country, uh, it just came out. We're taping here, guys, on Friday, September the 13th, um, that <laughs> they've been stashing billions of dollars overseas so that when the settlement comes and all the lawsuits, which are all coming down the pike as we speak, <laughs> they, w- they will have most of their money overseas. These guys not only destroyed America in many ways, but then like stashed all their cash overseas. Wow. Yeah. Isn't there one... Welcome to America, baby. Mm-hmm. Isn't there one family that like this- owns... Purdue Farm? Yeah. Sacklers. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I was like, I think I was reading something about that. But yeah, dude, crazy. I was listening to um, Bernie Sanders on the Joe Rogan. uh, Yeah, so did I. Yeah, and uh, it was crazy. He was talking about how so many of these companies literally pay nothing in federal income tax. Bernie Sanders is amazing to me now that I'm thinking about it more and more. Yes, that's true. Most companies, uh, especially real estate companies like Trump's, pay no taxes, and they've, they've figured out ways to do that. Um. This country's crazy in many ways, but I think Bernie's actually interesting when it comes to money. This dude is kind of a phenomenon Mm. as I thought about it more and more and more. Like, there's not one corporation that supports Bernie Sanders. Mm. 
that gives him money. Mm. There's not one, like, not many. Maybe there's a few political action groups that give him some money. Yeah. But for the most part, this guy is like, you know, he's the four-letter word, yep. socialist, you know, that Americans will mostly hate. But the truth is, like, he's, he almost got nominated. Hillary won, you know? And now he's, he's got a shot. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I, I see him as a guy that doesn't take shortcuts. Like, that's the cool part is, like, when you don't take money from organizations or corporations, like, you then are not beholden to them at all. Mm. You then get to run on the ideas that you see as actually important yes. and making a difference. Yeah. Um, you know, versus if you start taking money from corporations, it's like, it's kind Influence. of no longer your thing. Yeah. You're bribed. Yeah. You're bribed. Yeah. That's it. Man, this dude is amazing. I, I, when I thought about it more and more, I'm like, holy shit, Bernie's kind of a phenomenon. How did mm. this country actually get that close to nominating him? Mm. Um, and here we are again. And yeah. he's, he's popular as hell. And um, yeah, I mean, part of me is like, go Bernie. Yeah. Like shit, just because just cause he's kind of in that underdog role. Yep. You know, well, is like phenomenon as in it's interesting given the current political climate or phenomenon given your political views and what no, you see is phenomenon given how I believe this country operates. Mm -hmm. it, it, I mean, the, the yeah. lifeblood of this country is uh, buying elections, money to politicians. Totally. That is the yeah. lifeblood of this. I don't mean it in a negative way. I don't yeah. mean it in a positive way. It's yeah. just how it operates. I've yeah. been part of the machine. I'm like, oh, shit, this is how it works. Mm -hmm. Whether I was at J.P. Morgan or supporting other political candidates, as I've gotten more and more involved in that, I'm like, holy shit, this is legit. As a you know, uh, uh, wishful thinking kid growing up, I'm like, everything's fair. Yeah. I'm like, no, if you got a lot of money. Like you were saying about Wexner, if you got yeah. a lot of money, you can pretty much do anything in this country. It's crazy. I was just so, so from that perspective about Bernie, yeah. how the F did this guy get, how did he get almost nominated, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Here's my worry. Mm -hmm. Sorry, can you hold that thought? Yeah, yeah. Here's my worry. He gets nominated and he goes up against Trump. Right, and this is why I think he may not get nominated because I think, and right away, he, Trump will just go away. Atheist, Jew, communist—I can just hear it right now—and that will just turn off so many Americans, mm. you know. So yeah. I, I unfortunately, I'm, 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 I'm what all those descriptions? Do yeah, you turn most Americans off. Yeah. Oh, to Bernie. Yeah, call him an atheist, Jew, communist. Yeah, yeah. That uh, people won't vote for him when Trump starts throwing all that shit around, you know. Despite the fact that it seems the man does want the best for our country, Bernie, mm -hmm. I just think it's going to be really hard mm. with how, how marketing and PR works yeah. in this country and how they'll just brand him. That's tough, man, because then it's like you're hedging your bets constantly. It's like it, it's, it's this, it's this uh, balance between like, pra like pragmatism and idealism almost. And it's like where do you draw the line between like, hey, here, he's bringing these ideas that are like they make a ton of sense like, and, and they seem to be really supported by pretty much everybody pretty yeah. much everybody yeah um and it becomes this question of like yeah i see you, where you're going you know like put put your your bet on the horse that is actually going to serve <laughs> the most amount of people yeah. like or do you just go with the thing that's likely to win and that's just shitty <laughs> it's shitty, <laughs> shitty situation that's, what, that's, that's the country yeah. that we live in guys yeah. and we choose to continue to live here I'm a hypocrite like yeah. agreeing to all this shit Yet I still participate in the popularity contest. Mm -hmm. I like plug my nose and voted for Hillary, and I was like, "What am I doing?" But I'm like, "But I think this is the lesser of the two evils." Yeah, dude. That's Damn. Tough. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's that's Bernie's a phenomenon, and yeah, the the Sacklers are Sacklers of shit. Crazy. Crazy. Sack. Sack. What do I like to say? Sacklers. Sack. Well, sack so shit. what I was gonna say was I was having this conversation yesterday. You know, you talk about um, it's scary, man. Like wealth disparity the, yes like the inequality yeah yeah and i mean you and and i'm i'm a i'm a firm believer that uh in in systems like there are um 
certain when when you look at how things have gone, the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior, right? Yes. And so there are certain things that, patterns. Yes. And so there are certain things like power and money that beget more power and money. Mm-hmm. And it becomes this question of what's like, an example of that you, yeah, you yeah, have yeah. someone well, on top so, of your mind. If you just look generally at like businesses, for example, like Amazon, like as it continues to grow, right. expand into more markets, create more products, it that creates more power and more money for it to be able to expand into more markets and create more products. And their like growth just, becomes exponential. Exactly. And and so it becomes this question of like, it's this train. It's almost a runaway train. And it's like, when does that stop? Mm. And it doesn't until it hits something. So either it's regulatory, either the government's coming in to say, you can't, you're too big and we're going to break you up and you need to stop doing this. Or the scarier piece is it creates enough pain for enough individuals that those individuals get together and they basically revolt. Yeah. They basically say, yeah. And they basically say, we're not going to support Amazon anymore or, you know, however it actually goes down. Boycott. Yeah, but 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 it's this it's the momentum. It's like this flywheel that just keeps getting faster, faster and, faster. and faster. And it's right. the same thing with wealth with the wealth gap. Inequality. It's, ah, totally. right, right. I see it, what you're it will saying. continue to beget, grow yeah, larger and itself, larger. Right. Yeah, until it gets to a point where who knows what's going to happen. But, you know, I it it, it all plays into um, this idea that uh, things happen in cycles. Um, and this might be a little bit pessimistic or you know scary or what have you but like mm. when you look at how things have historically gone any any situation like this it ends in not the not the best way like mm. it, it ends in some way yeah like like this the wealth gap will continue to increase until it gets to a point where it's created enough pain for individual people rebellion like, revolution egypt tahrir square arab spring arab spring can you imagine all the arabs in this country Revolting. Kinda. <laughs> Actually, you can, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, I can see it. And brown people in general, I could see them revolting. Yeah, you, brown people love revolting. Although I will things. say, like, what's been going on, like, most immigrants that come to this country are not from Mexico. They're from, like, Asia or the Middle East or other parts of the world where they're, like, highly trained. They're moving the tech, mm-hmm. you know, part of our economy mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, <laughs> you know, Trump is just like, those Mexicans are rapists and murderers. And it's like, yo, man, they're not even like the majority of immigrants coming through the country. Yeah. It's like highly trained people that make our economy better. Um, it's a scapegoat. It's a total scapegoat. I mean, he's just stoking fear. Absolutely. How he runs everything. Yeah, exactly. The guy's got a great playbook, in my opinion. I don't like it. It works. I don't <laughs> like it, it but works. it works like a charm. Yeah, Damn, he's smarter than we all think. Crazy. Uh, well, I'll tell you one thing. The market is going his way because he is making it, in my opinion, go his way. Uh, I think that they're frothy. So first of all, we're, we're, we're now reapproaching. I don't know if you guys pay much attention to the stock market. Hayden, do you? Ish. Do you, are you invested in any way in the markets? Um, I was. I was. Okay. And not anymore. Really? Yeah. You sold and you're like, yes. I'm, this is not a yeah. time for me well, to be investing. starting a business. Yeah. You know, Using that money for investing yeah. in your own business. Basically. Yeah, bingo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so yeah, if if and when you begin to generate profits, you may go back in. Would you say? Yeah. Do you have a view? Are you like uh, anti-stock market? No, no, no. I'm not. No, I think it's. I think it's an an incredible vehicle and an incredible mechanism. It's really just been this question of like where to put that money, and I have tended more towards looking into things like real estate, like investing in real estate versus investing in stocks. Yeah. Um. You know, but that said, like that could very well change. You know, I I I I think that there's an opportunity for me to become more financially literate. Um. 
But, uh, you know, it's one thing at a time. It's priority. I do both. Yeah. A little real estate, a little stock. Nice. And the thing about real estate that's badass that a lot of people don't realize um, is the fact that, you you know, almost anyone can get a loan in this country. Mm-hmm. Most people can get a loan. Um, and then they'll give you a loan for a highly expensive asset, mm. like a $200,000, dollars $500,000 house. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you only have to put fifty grand or hundred grand down for that house, if that. Depending on how expensive the house is, say ten or twenty percent. I mean, there's even loans out there with through the FHA where you only have to put three percent down. Isn't that like if you buy a multi-unit, you can like if you live in it, then they'll give you a loan for that? Yes, 3%. okay, that is possible. I don't know if it's three percent though. Okay, but you are more likely to get that larger loan because yeah, yeah. you're going to live in it. Right, right. Uh, and it might be three percent. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but no, there's ways where you don't necessarily um, buy a multi-unit. Mm-hmm building, you just buy a home yeah. and you can put 3% down. Uh, so let's say it's a quarter million dollar house, 250 grand, and you put 3% down. 3% of 25 grand, uh, uh, sorry, of uh, 250 grand is seven, uh, seven grand. Yeah, yeah, five, seven grand. You put five, seven grand and you now have a $250,000 house. Yeah. Well, guess what? The, the, you, it's kind of like if you had 250 grand worth of stocks, mm. right? You, you're owning an asset mm-hmm. the way you'd own stock. But instead of stock, it's real estate. Mm-hmm. And you only had to put seven grand down. Interesting. In hopes of that 250 going up a few percent each year. Yeah. Real estate goes up a few percent each year historically. Yep. Yep. So it could go up seven grand on its own each year with you just putting seven grand in. Now there's maintenance costs with real estate mm-hmm. that stocks mm-hmm. don't have. Yeah. But still over a long, a long period of time, you will make more. Yeah. Those maintenance. So, yeah. so that's why I like real estate is because the leverage you can right. get in this country. Right. You know? Love that. So stocks are at their, basically right at their peak again. Mm-hmm. All time, all time record highs, which basically also suggests a lot of the other asset markets like real estate are also at, you know, super all time highs. Mm-hmm. And Trump's got to be loving this mm-hmm. because it usually takes six to nine months before people announce a recession. Mm-hmm. And so as we get closer to 2020, it's looking less and less likely that a recession will be a headline mm. that hurts Trump. Mm. Okay. More likely to get reelected is what I'm thinking. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, Interesting. Um, so that's kind of what I'm thinking about when I keep hearing the stock market go up and up and up. Yeah. Which kind of surprises me given the whole trade war. Everything's slowing down in the world, but the trade war hasn't been bad enough to make them go into a recession yet. Mm. Mm-hmm. What's well, the timing of it's interesting. I mean, you think about us about this the other day too. It's like how how can you really expect to make meaningful change in four years? Like really Superman. meaningful, like literally, Superman. like you, I, you're so much more likely to get the butt end of whatever happened, you know, the decade prior. <laughs> Wait, what's the butt end? Like the ass the, end? Like yeah, the shitty end? Yeah. <laughs> whatever, you know, whoever came before you, like what they ended up doing. Like that's, you know. Oh, so Trump the, gets like the shitty end of Obama well, possibly? I mean, possibly and Obama definitely got the everybody end. I think it yeah. happens to everybody Obama definitely got the shitty end when it came to Bush because of the 2008 recession mm-hmm. wow did he get that yeah yep um yep. so I see what you're saying and then Bush may have gotten the shitty end from Clinton I guess yeah it's just the delay it's yeah. the delay yeah it wow. takes time four years um so yeah markets are up uh I mean so okay so for those listening who are investors my you know my and what I, you know, what I recommend is you keep investing 
despite the fact that markets are at a peak, right? You always hear, you know, you don't want to buy when the market's super uh, expensive and at its highest levels. Yeah, I hear you, but the fact that we're not, I don't think we're purely a capitalist country. Our mm -hmm. capitalism is so driven by the Federal Reserve, by mm -hmm. government policy. We're not purely capital capitalists. So anything can happen. This like, Australia has not had a recession in 25 years. Wow. Yeah. So this can happen. A, 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 a boom, I guess, or a stock market that goes up. It can technically go up as long as it wants. Yeah. It shouldn't, in my opinion. You yeah. should recess in order to like have ebbs and flows. You yourself a few minutes ago said, hey, you know how things are cyclical, Amr? Yeah. And my back of my mind, I'm like, hey, guess what, Hayden? Not everything is. Depends on what kind of stick you're wielding, yeah. like our government. Or a didgeridoo. A didgeridoo? What'd you say? <laughs> a didgeridoo. You said Australia. You know, the instrument? Yeah, yeah. No, what's a didgeridoo? It's one of those, like, it's, it's like the pipe. It's like the flute-looking thing. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it yeah. makes that whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, oh. yeah. Nice. I was like, I have no idea how to do that. Sounds nice. Cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a little bit of a, a whammy, a whammy bar and a guitar. Mm, yeah. Is that what it's called? Mm -hmm. Whammy bar? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the banjo of Australia. The banjo of Australia. Yeah. What is it, is it, out of curiosity, what is it about Australia that, that has it not had a recession in 25 years? I've never looked into it too deeply. Mm. Uh, I do think they're running, they're, they're, I don't know. I don't know. They, they've they've had they've had a strong economy and they've all been investing like they're highly mm. like they're also very financially literate mm. people mm. so they do a good job saving and investing in their own economy and in their own stock markets. Um, I wanted to say natural resources, mm. and I think that might be true. Yeah. However, I don't know if that's true. If it is true, what I think would be the likely the case is because they're so close to China. And they're the most developed country, besides Japan, who China can't stand. They're the most developed country that China would probably trade with. Mm. And so my guess is with the last 25 years of China being on a bo crazy boom, yeah. Australia just rode their coattails. Yeah. Yo, did you see that? Uh, they just put a new documentary on Netflix called The American Factory. No. Crazy. Do tell. Crazy. We so, are a business podcast. This sounds yes. great. Yeah. So it was a Chinese billionaire that ended up buying a factory in, I believe it was Dayton, Ohio. Um, it was an old GM factory. And they came in and basically he bought the factory to create. He owns a uh, glass company. And so this was like the, the North American uh, uh factory for his glass company and it was crazy because they looked at the cultural differences between the american workers and the chinese workers and it's wait wait, wait. some chinese i missed that some yeah. chinese so workers chinese came. billionaire literally just came yeah to but the he, US. he brought chinese workers with him yes he brought chinese workers with ah. him yeah and i think and so was, like the fact that it was half chinese people have <laughs> so it was interesting like the ohio. cultural dynamics yeah in yeah. ohio literally like like dayton, dayton ohio. Ohio. listeners dayton, in ohio. case you don't know john and hayden are from both from ohio not far from columbus yes no yep. shit yes sir mm -hmm. so, yeah. so it was so so, so interesting because you look at the cultural dynamics between the American workers and the Chinese workers. And it's Dude, like, I you could think see white people from Ohio just beating the shit out of some of these Chinese people. Like, it probably, it probably happened at some at some point. They, they should have like a WWF like cage match in that factory. And they just That's charge right for that. That's what they use the suicide nets for. <laughs> in, in wrestling? Yeah, yeah. Or wait, oh, suicide nets, you mean like at, at like Foxconn, like at some of these factories? Yeah, yeah. So they don't jump off, right? So they don't yeah. kill themselves. I mean, Didn't I they put nets around? The building. Uh, building. Is that what you're talking about? The nets around the building? Yeah, yeah. The Foxconn just use them for, put them up for WWE. Instead of like <laughs> falling off the building, they just, <laughs> they just bounce up off of them. Oh, man. They, they, they probably, at this, 
I, was it by any chance in the documentary? Did they did they go to the roof and they had the nets and they had the Chinese and the white people like wrestling or no? It was a very small. It was like a bonus footage, so you had to stay, you know, wait until <laughs> yeah. after the credits. Like Chappelle, yeah, you start, yeah. <laughs> like Chappelle's sticks and stones. Did you watch that? No, I haven't seen it yet. Oh man, that's something else. But yeah, most people don't realize. Not most, but many people don't realize. Many is most, I guess. Uh, that you have to watch all the credits through mm. on Chappelle's sticks and stones and wait, and then the epilogue begins. Oh, interesting. And there's a whole twenty minutes of Chappelle doing Q and A. Oh, at, that's cool. After many of his comedy gigs. And it was fantastic. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah, you got to check it out. Have like you seen so Six and Stones? Stuff. No, I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's good. It's, I mean, it's getting so much. It's getting so much traction. So much. It's getting so much talk in the media. Um, like, did you hear about the whole Rotten Tomatoes drama? Mm-mm. Oh, dude, check this out. So, uh, Rotten Tomatoes for Sticks and Stones first had, I think this is their standard policy, they first had their own in-house critics mm. rate it, mm. who are all highly progressive, highly liberal, far-left people. Right. And it got 0%. And so for a period of time, I think like a week or something, Sticks and Stones, because what they do is they just do the critics for a week or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And so for it was 0%, Sticks and Stones, for a whole week. Wow. They finally opened it up to uh, the public. Yeah. It's sitting at 99% right now. For public uh, Public review. reviews. That's crazy. Yeah. He said some, I mean, he's, he, I'm, I can't give away the, a yeah, lot of it because yeah. I want you guys to watch it, but okay. all sorts of crazy ass shit that yeah. he was saying in there. Did they, he basically kind of said like, yo, you want to cancel me? Go ahead and cancel me. He go, you know, he's basically mm-hmm. telling the camera, the audience, the public, like, go ahead and cancel me. And uh, he's just like, he's, I love that he's a regular guy critiquing yeah. how our, where our society's come with this whole cancel yep. culture, you know? I love that. Well, did they talk about at all the dynamic, like why that happened? Like why it seemed that the folks who were at Rotten Tomatoes like all had the, a very similar opinion as compared to as compared yes. to okay. yeah, his content and his material in there, which I'll just touch on. Yeah. I won't. I won't okay. try, try not to give too much away. But uh, it was all extremely uh, uh, offend. Many people were offended oh, okay. by his content. Who are highly liberal, far left leaning people. Got it. Uh, so, for example, he he had a long bit about transvestites, mm. um, and everyone felt like that was extremely offensive. Mm. And uh, I think that was kind of the 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 one that really the really. But then he also kind of like almost directly did an impression of someone mm. who's like the the. Uh, if you say anything wrong or any tweets that you do, uh, d- and, and uh, if I don't like them, you're gonna get canceled. I'm not gonna, gonna do anything for you. And they're all like, "Who's that?" And he's like, "That's you, audience." So like, he kind of like you that's, know, that's it wasn't so subtle. I like that yeah. for a subtle comedian that wasn't so subtle. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh shit, he's got something to say." Dave yeah. stand, you know, Dave was ready to stand up for himself and his. Uh, at some level, it felt like. He was standing up for himself and his fellow comedians and, and, and mm. fellow celebrities who have been targeted, mm-hmm. like Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. and uh, Kevin Hart. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's like, it, he, I think he just felt like no one's standing up for us. No, Our voices aren't getting heard and, yeah. and he did it, you know. Yeah, well, it's t- I mean, it's tough when you got stuff like Louis C.K., like everything that went down with him right. in his own, you know, in his own personal life. Um, and, you know, at the same time, I think, uh, like just comedians who are pushing the envelope, I think it's important, like. I think it's important. It's a yes. important that voice. message, and it's not always going to uh, be, you know, uh, not offensive. It's going to ruffle people's feathers, yeah. and it ruffled these zero percenters' yep. feathers big time. Yeah. But the audience loved it. 
So, um, so yeah, that's markets. I don't know where we got, but um, let's talk about some business news, y'all. Um, so there's this drama going on with this company, Nissan. Never heard of them? Who's that? They make cars, and they made shitty cars for a long time. Till a dude named Carlos Gosen, Gosen, he's Lebanese, actually Middle Eastern. I'm Palestinian, so this dude's just from my neck of the woods. So Carlos Gosen, uh, in like early 2000, walked into Nissan, merged them with Renault, and made them a serious powerhouse. Mm. And so for the last 20 years, Nissan kicked ass. Then uh, his like right hand dude totally went shady and like turned him in for financial quote-unquote financial impropriety mm. yeah his boy was hiroto saikawa japanese dude they're in japan nissan's based in japan so carlos was living in japan running a company in japan um and so they kicked out carlos and he's on he's like he, this dude's under house arrest right now for oh, this yeah. financial impropriety yeah i was reading that yeah so um i talked about it like last year i'm like i think this is bullshit like this guy, supposedly, like, the financial priority is $3 million. Like, he made Nissan billions and billions of dollars. Mm. And he tried to steal $3 million additional dollars for his salary and pay. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know about this, man. Mm-hmm. Like, did the guy really need $3 million bucks and he had to steal it? He's getting paid probably like it's, 20. You know, it's what we were talking about earlier. Like, where you have a ton of money, it's like the, it's almost like the rules, not that the, the rules don't apply, but like you feel like you can get away with stuff. I guess, yeah. If you were just in somebody's normal, you know, normal citizency, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get away with it. With, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, if I'm Nissan and I realize that this dude brought us back from the brink, mm. I'd sit him down and I'd be like, yo, you stole $3 million extra? Like, dude, we pay you 20. Why are you stealing yeah. $3 million? Like, I don't want to have to fire you. Like, you're an important person. So I don't know what this Hiroto guy was up to. Mm. But then he became CEO once he got this dude in trouble, Carlos. And what just came out this week, Hiroto resigned from the board because the board forced him to resign because he's up to some financial improprieties. Mm. It's like, dude. Maybe it's in the job description. Dude, the culture of this company, I don't know. So the board looked at Hiroto and was like, sayonara. And he's gone. He gone. And so now I'm wondering, like, this reminds me, like, who's going to come up next? And what is he, what, what kind of shit has this guy been doing? Like, they put the COO in charge. Let me see if I wrote the guy's <laughs> name down. What kind of financial impropriety? Yeah, what kind of financial impropriety is he up to? <laughs> I don't know. But, like, uh, yeah, I didn't write his name down. It reminds me of the Virginia shit. Do you guys remember this Virginia drama? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ralph Northam is the Virginia governor. Mm-hmm. And this guy uh, was found to have worn blackface. In a yearbook, his his medical school yearbook. I think I heard about this. It's like a, almost a year ago. Yeah. All right. <laughs> You're laughing, John. Right? It's crazy, right? In his in his medical school yearbook. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Picture of him wearing blackface, and so there was a big uproar in Virginia, mm. and they're like, "Kick him out! Kick him out!" And so the dude was like about to step down. Mm. And they're like, "All right, so who's going to be the next governor?" And like, "Oh, well, of course, it's the lieutenant governor." Mm. A dude named... Lieutenant Governor. I think his name is Justin Fairfax. Mm. The Lieutenant. That's a cool title. Total cool title, yeah, right? Lieutenant sounds better governor. than Governor. Yeah. That's a, it's pretty badass it's a title to have. <laughs> it sounds like a, it's a better title than Governor. I'd rather be, yeah, I'd rather yeah. be that than Governor. Oh, yeah. just imagine Not from a power perspective, yeah, yeah. you wouldn't. It's just imagine it's you have one of those gun belts on at all times. <laughs> around your office. Yeah. Yeah. Sally... Tell all my emails and phone calls that I'm uh, going to go to the 
Get me my shoe polish. <laughs> yeah. Gonna be in blackface today. So so the moment like the moment gonna <laughs> be in blackface. I'll be doing that speech in blackface today. Um the moment they found out like this guy's gonna be the next guy governor, a woman from California raised her hand. She's like, yo, that that lieutenant governor sexually assaulted me. Mm. And so everyone's like, Well well damn. Whoa. Who's going to take the governor's spot if the lieutenant governor is up to some corporal, shit? Corporal. The corporal governor? governor? Yeah, the, corporal governor. <laughs> corporal. the corporal governor is known as the attorney general. Mm. I forget this guy's name. Mark something. Mm. Um, that, so, so okay. They're like, well, if the governor can't be the governor and the lieutenant governor can't be the, lieutenant, can't be the governor, who comes next? It's the attorney general in that packing order. Oh, interesting. And when, when everyone started asking about the attorney general, who's that guy? He immediately raised his hand. He's like, it can't be me. I wore blackface in college too. <laughs> he just turned himself in right away. <laughs> Whoa. Darn. That's crazy. Preemptive. Who's I know who's next then? Who's number four? Hey, who's the next I person? I think it's to... like the Speaker of the House. Mm. And I think he came out and said uh, something like, I did some shit too. Like it was, it was literally <laughs> comedy. It just events. keeps going all the way down. Like the janitor. The janitor is <laughs> now, <laughs> how, how now the governor. How many more Southern politicians are going to be caught with blackface? I know. They, yeah. They've all done it, I guess. Yeah. So uh, this, this, is what, this is Nissan right now. This yeah. is what's happening at Nissan. Carlos, Hiroto, whoever's next. Japan's, Japan needs to, Nissan needs to figure out their shit in Japan. Yeah. So, okay, so you're a life coach, Hayden. Yes. All right, Hiroto right now has got his head in his hands. Mm. He's like, oh, what the f- did I do? So what would you tell this guy if he was in this room right now? What advice would you give him in how to recover his reputation and, and fix his life? Because, I mean, he's not really, he may not get hired by another company. He's like mm. probably in the 60s. Mm. It's like the end of his career kind of thing. It's kind of a mm. shitty thing to happen at the end of your career, you know? Yeah. He's yeah. probably got another 10, 15 years to work, yep. but now he's just sitting at home in his underwear probably. Yeah, yeah. Well, first, uh, stop being an idiot, number one. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, the, inter- you know, the interesting part about it is like, you, especially in coaching, like you have to be the one that leads towards where you want to go. Ah. You know? So it's like my job isn't like telling people what to do. It's more so like, hey, what do you actually want? And okay. what's getting in the way? Of Let me fix the hypothetical. Yeah. He comes to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he says, "Yeah, I need to fix my life." Yeah. What would you tell? Full this on dude? ownership. Oh yeah, ownership yeah. out of it. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just, I, I, and this might be uh, naive, but I'm, a, I'm a, a full form believer that that's that's the way out. Is like own your shit, mm. own your shit, mm. and then and then you actually then you have control of it, and you can actually over time turn it into something that's like hey i learned from my mistakes like not hey, right I did away these things no not no not not right away but like because even owning it'll it like, take time I, I can say like to my wife take responsibility mm-hmm. i shouldn't have snapped at you mm-hmm. and in that moment she's like yeah bullshit mm-hmm. she doesn't believe it and mm-hmm. i, I kind of don't believe it either but i know i want to own it mm-hmm. but it kind of takes me a little time to really think about what yeah. did i just do and what am i really owning here yeah oh shit i was really trying to hurt her i'm being yep. a jerk why am i trying to hurt her yeah oh because um you know whatever whatever she did something to me you know what i mean mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm. and so you're saying owning it full owner over time <laughs> yeah is what where, where the lesson will you, come in totally. and, and then you'll grow from that yeah well and you know also if you're talking about it in the in terms of employment like finding another employer or just the public more generally like 
it's going to take other people's opinions of you to be able to do anything, to mm. be able to go get another job. Yes. And so it's like, you know, it's, um, and I, I might be totally misremembering this, but like Lucy K, like we were talking about yep. earlier, like he came out and he was basically like, yes. yeah, I did all these things. Yep. He's like, I did that. Like, and I, I may have hurt these place. women. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, totally. And he took complete and total ownership of it. And I don't know if he's come back yet, but like when he comes back, I think everyone's going to be like, okay, like it's, it's chiller now. Cause he just totally like he has. owned it. He's made some attempts to come back. He's, he's, yeah. he's kind of popping around in the, he, in the comedy clubs. Yeah. He, there's some, uh, like audio leaked of his set yes. at like a uh, danger field and comedy seller. Yes. And, yes. Yeah. And, and, uh, and he's addressed it. And yeah, he opens up with something like, uh, he's not, he's not apologetic about it really. Mm. And, uh, it's more of like, like he's like he came out and he said, "How was everybody's year?" Yeah, that's how he opens with. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, how's Did everyone's you, year? You lose ten million dollars yeah. last was year. Was it as shitty as mine? Is it as shitty as my yeah, year? So does thing. everyone hate you? Yeah. So that was kind of additionally owning it. Is kind of yeah. just coming out and saying like. Yep. 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 So okay, that's what you're. That would yeah. be the first I thing. I mean, it, you know, it's interesting though. Like, it, it might take a long time, but like for Hiroto. I, I, anybody just coming out you know and 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 taking ownership of it but i just firmly believe that's 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 the way to do it yeah all yeah. right so so let's say hirota says okay i'll take ownership yep. and he takes steps mm -hmm. to own it yep right public announcements uh letters to certain people maybe he makes amends to people he may have hurt mm -hmm. um and mm -hmm. he's just kind of like owning it and owning it and owning it mm -hmm. then then what would you tell him yeah, I mean it's interesting. Uh, that it's probably more a question for somebody in <laughs> like PR, but like yeah. at, you know at the same time it's um, well no, he, but he he's trying to make change in his life. Totally. Yeah. So yeah, less the PR aspect, sure, more for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, after full up responsibility, it's actually taking a look at like, all right, like what do I want to create from here? Like, who do I actually want to be moving forward okay. about this? Because um, you know, it, it, it's when you talk about personal development, when you talk about transformation, in a sense, it's iterations of self. Like that's how that's what everybody goes through. Some people go through it because they lose their house or they get in a car accident or something happens and they sort of have this wake up moment, like, oh shit, like I can't live like this anymore. Right. But you can also do it intentionally. Like it's also something that you can say, hey, I no longer want to be this person. I want things to go differently. And like what it, what's the actual structure that needs to be put in place for for, for this to happen? Ah, so and you would help them with that structure. Totally. Yeah. It's it's creating clarity around who do I actually want to be? How do All I right. want things to so go? So let's say he says to you, um, I don't want to be this way. I, I want to be an executive still. Yeah. But one who operates from a place of life giving. Yeah. One who operates from a place of I care about the environment. I care about... Um, not cooking the books. I care about the employees, and I want to. I want to. I want to be less selfish. I want to be a better executive and yep. a better leader of people. Yep. yep. What structure would you? How would you think about structure for that? Totally. Well, I, I mean, I, through the work that I'm doing as a coach, so much of it is consistent uh, awareness generation. So, so much consistent of it is awareness, awareness generation. generation. Yeah. So okay. So you need some kind of feedback mechanism. Yeah, totally. Well, it's, um, you know, it's, it's getting on the phone with somebody or it's actually like meeting up with somebody. It's being with someone else who's reflecting back to you like, Hey, here, how, th here are how things are Holding going. Holding up a mirror. Bingo. And that, I mean, that's, that's the majority of what coaches do is like, that's all you do. What are we paying you for? It's, it's powerful, man. It's powerful. Yeah, it's no, powerful. you're right, dude. Well, the Socrates said the eye cannot see itself. Yeah. We need other people. And the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, uh, in my faith as Muslim, he would say, um, believers mm. are mirrors for each other. Yep. 
Bingo. So I think that's what you're kind of saying in yeah. ways. And it's, re- I mean, it's just continually reflecting back. Like, where are you now? How's it going? What's getting in the way? And how do you want to, how do you want to show up differently? Yeah. Because we, we, we say we want things and what's predictable is that he'll go back to those same patterns. Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> that's just, we can trust we that. as humans, like, we, can we trust like that. stability. We Com- like what comfort. we're comfortable with, yeah. even if it doesn't necessarily work in our so favor. So in order for him to break those patterns, he would yeah. need a, uh, uh, a constant generation, ge- constant awareness, awareness generation, generation yeah. which is holding up a mirror feedback yep. mechanism yep. and you're saying that it can't happen once or twice it has nope. to happen regularly and that armor is the structure you're asking for totally good answer dude yeah i trust this guy mm. do you trust me johnny not yet <laughs> <laughs> you're from Working columbus on. yeah you, you he yeah. knows too much I, of. i know too much about the the demon yeah exactly you know, the animal okay so uh good luck hiroto hopefully you're listening i'm sure he is probably um and carlos goes in house arrest any advice for the house arrest Cut that shit off? Yeah. Just stop. <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> stop. Uh, man, being in house arrest in Japan, I feel bad for that dude. He's not even Japanese. Uh, all right. Let's talk about uh, some other news. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this, but Europe, Europe as a continent, actually the, e- the, the European Union, so the EU, mm-hmm. is bouts to uh, start printing a whole lot of money and pouring a whole lot of cash into their economy, into their banks and other, I would say, richer people, people who are able to get that money and do something with it. Um, They announced that they're going to cut interest rates further as a preemptive strike against deeper recession. So Europe Europe is struggling. Mm. I think Germany is officially in recession. Mm. Netherlands not doing too good. Uh, I'm sure France is on the struggle. Spain's definitely on the struggle. Italy, they've had all these problems with Greece. Yeah. Um, and so they're struggling to like generate a good economy. And so they came out yesterday, Thursday night, I think yesterday evening, and they said, um, yo, we're going to cut rates further. And I'm in my head, I'm like, yo, you guys have negative interest rates. I don't know if you guys know this shit, but they have negative interest rates. You know how we put our money in a bank and they pay us like 0.1%? At least we're getting something. Yeah. When you put your money in a bank in Europe, you need to pay them. You have to pay them. So if you put $100 in a bank in Europe, six months later, it's 90 or 95. You lose money. But supposedly that's safer that way. Is it just um, encouraging spending? Correct. Yeah. Discouraging saving. Okay. Got it. Um, so they went from minus 0.4, their interest rate, to minus 0.5, mm. <laughs> making it worse to put money in the bank. And they're like, we're going to print a bunch of cash. They're going to print money. And the way they print money, these guys are going to actually buy, uh, they're going to lend money. They're going to they're gonna buy bonds, which probably means nothing unless you are uh, a sophisticated financial person who knows all sorts of stupid lingo. What they basically are going to do is lend money to banks mm-hmm. at $22 billion per month. They're going to lend an additional $22 billion. It's a couple bucks. Yeah, that's a little bit. Um, and so, um, yeah, like that's what, that's what these guys... I mean, the flip side of all this, so my, my, for two things. One is, um, this is kind of like, if we wanted to know what might be happening in America mm. in the near future, as we try and pump drugs into our own economy, because that's what this is. When you print all this cash and you cut interest rates, you're just giving the economy morphine mm. or drugs. Want to mm. just cause inflation? They're trying to generate more inflation because inflation is so low. Okay. Yeah, inflation is low in the U.S. and in Europe, so they're trying to drum up inflation. They're okay with inflation. 
Um, if you're not careful and they print too much, they'll have major inflation problems. It doesn't seem to be a problem right now because businesses aren't spending as much. Trade is depressed because of the China trade war. Okay. Um, so they're just trying to like whatever they can do to drum. And it's like, yo, just chill the F out. Mm. Let the economy go into a recession. It's not a bad thing. Sometimes we need to, you know, a little kick in the pants. Yeah. But they're like, no, no, no. Let's keep cutting shit and keep pouring more money. Mm. More. It's like Walter White. They're firing up the RV. That's what these guys are doing right now. Okay. It's uh, it's just it sounds like it's just trading symptoms. Bingo. That's really that's literally that's what doing. that's what the Fed and the, the ECB try and do. Instead of instead of fixing shit, mm. they're just trying to like drug it up. Mm. Um. Now here's the flip side of all this. So so first thing is, yo, that could be where we're going as the United States of America. Negative rates, printing more money. Um. The other thought I had is, I can't believe this shit, but there are some people, depending on what kind of credit you have, who your bank will pay you, like a bank will pay me if I'm in Europe, mm. to get a mortgage. Whoa. Yeah, because if rates are negative, that, if they keep going this negative, and mm. I think there's, at some level, if you're that high credit borrower, you don't have to pay an interest rate. They'll give you the cash and, and pay you to keep some of that cash. That's how much they want people to like, you know, take risk, buy homes, invest in businesses, whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's where we're going, people. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> what if they gave you money? To, what if they, I what if they lent you? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. What if they lent you money? Lent me money? And they pay you to lend you that money. That would be pretty cool, but I would be waiting for the banana and the tailpipe. <laughs> totally. Yeah. You didn't fall for no banana and tailpipe. I love that movie. Those are my favorite movies. Beverly Hills Cop. Mm-hmm. One, two, and three. Yeah. You watch those, Hayden? I haven't seen it. Oh, dude. Eddie oh, Murphy's song. Yeah. Eddie Murphy's best shit. Yo, they, I'm hearing Eddie Murphy is going back on tour. Stand yeah, up. yeah. I heard that. I was hearing that on the radio the other day. I mean, like, I'm hearing, like, he's got venues booked and he's going on tour. Mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Eddie, I haven't heard you go into any comedy clubs like Chappelle. I haven't heard you like building a set. Yeah. Like, what, what, where are you doing this stand up that no one, you got, like, I, I do stand up and I, it takes, it is hard. It's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Like, to just get five or 10 minutes, man, mm. I got to stand up in front of these stupid open mics and not stupid, but extremely difficult, annoying open mics. Well, it's, it's Eddie Murphy. Come on, man. Everyone needs to put in the work. Don't you think he's been he's been doing he's been doing stupid movies for if the last twenty years? If you're a Eddie Murphy level famous, people will pay just to hear you talk. Oh, oh, totally. don't get me wrong, he's gonna sell out. Yeah, because most people don't understand like what it takes to put into a show. But I'm trying to tell you, like for his legacy and for the quality of the show, like Chappelle yeah. doesn't just wake up and pull out a one hour show called Sticks and Stones. Hell no, he even shows you in the well. You guys haven't seen it, but he go his favorite spot is a spot in San Francisco. Uh, I forget the name of it. Um, where he goes and just is trying material on people and mm. seeing exactly how he wants to craft it, word it, and work it. Mm. Yeah. It seems, it's like, uh, you know, you're saying uh, it's like iterative. It sounds like it's iterative. Like it just it just takes time to develop. Extremely. And that'd be tough. That'd be tough, man. Especially if, you know, for him who's been out of the game for so long. Yes. Like I really hope that in coming back, it's not just a terrible oh, <laughs> man. dumpster fire. I, I don't think it'll be because I'm sure he's got the right people around yeah, him to help yeah, him craft yeah. the story. Yeah. But it's still not going to be like, you got like, <clears throat> to craft it, man. It's, yeah. Either, what do they say? Either go out the hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. 
Never heard that in my life, but mm. I need you to say it again Knight. for me to... <laughs> the, oh, uh, Dark Knight. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like you either go out the hero. Yep. Or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. So hopefully, oh, Eddie Murphy doesn't shit. become the villain. Oh, I got by you. By not having good stuff. You live that long, right, 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 right. We'll see. Good luck, Eddie. I'm sure he's listening too. Uh, cool, cool, cool. So that's uh, Europe. Good luck, Europe. Good luck to us. God, God help all of us, man. I don't know what we're doing with these desperate measures. Walter White RV meth making lab. That's what that America and Europe. Me, so. mm-hmm. Was it? I said it always works for me. Yeah, meth. Pull out the RV. Yeah. Yeah. You want some ice? Yeah. Okay. All right. AT&T, last but not least. So they're in the news. Uh, AT&T went all Hollywood mm-hmm. when they bought HBO. They bought Time Warner uh-huh. for $85 billion. They bought Time Warner for $85 billion. That's crazy. And um, they have $160 billion of debt. A lot of that is because of the Time Warner purchase. They didn't just have that cash laying around. And, of course, Marcus gave them that money. They're like, oh, well, it's AT&T, this huge telecommunications company, right? Wireless provider. Um, and so they bought Time Warner. And then this hedge fund on the, on the down low, on the deal, called Elliott. I think it's called Elliott Management. They didn't like that shit. They're like, yo, this is becoming a big, fat pig. And they bought Time Warner just trying to put lipstick on it. Mm. You don't want to put lipstick on a pig. It don't work. It don't make it pretty. They squirm too much. So. <laughs> you Ohio boys would know. Mm-hmm. I'm a city actually, boy. It was actually a thing. Uh, I used to have a family reunion at a farm, okay. and it literally was a there was a pig wrestling contest. Whoa! So you literally oh, nice. like you would grease human up a, you human versus pig, pig or pig yeah, versus pig. You grease up no no <laughs> you grease up a pig, and then everyone would try and like catch the pig. Try and like grab the pig. Up pig. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. Don't lie. Yeah. How many yeah. times did you do this? I did not. I did unfortunately did not have the chance. You never actually to show wrestled off the pig? my uh, pig wrestling skills. I no was shit. Too young, oh, you were too uh, young at the time, but, but yeah, you, you watched it and you were scarred for yeah, life. Mm-hmm, pretty much, exactly. Oh, yeah. one of my uh, earliest memories is my uncle used to raise pigs, and one day he we were out there like by by wherever like the pigs roamed around the pasture or whatever, just like you know some lit fenced in land that smelled completely of shit, and. <laughs> Like one of the pigs was near the fence. And, uh, the pig's name was Candy, and um, my uncle said, "Hey, John, you want to ride Candy?" <laughs> so, how old are you? Three years old. Oh man, do you yeah. remember this? Yeah, I remember this. Oh, this, this I guess it's kind of unforgettable. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, he picked me up and then put me on the pig, and this pig just starts going buck wild, <laughs> just squealing and just trying to buck me <laughs> off. Did he, did he put the pig saddle on it? The pig you saddle. have to put the pig saddle on. Is there a pig saddle before, you, before the, you ride the pig? No. No. <laughs> no, there was no pig saddle or anything. It was no, just, just bareback. Yeah, just, just bareback, bareback in this in pig. This pig. <laughs> You're yeah. riding it raw. Yeah, I was riding this pig raw. <laughs> and he just like had... Well, dude, get us a punchline. You're like, what? did you fall off or what? No, did you successfully just, ride it? Oh, my, my uncle was laughing his ass off. Yeah, I'm sure was he was. Screaming and crying. <laughs> yeah. no, like, did you go straight to the ground or did you actually ride it for a minute? No, I like fell off halfway and then my uncle grabbed me right before I hit the ground. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right, so you so actually stayed like, out for a minute. It was like a 500-pound pig. Wow. Oh, it was like, I don't know why I was thinking this like t- this like small old pig. I was like, oh, it's no, not that bad. No, it's like the, one of those. Yeah. Like yeah. the pig in Charlotte's Web? Like the big-ass <laughs> yeah. pigs. Yeah, like those yeah. big yeah. pink pigs. That, uh, later, later that day, uh, John ate some pork chops from that pig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That pig's, he that pig's long yeah. dead. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> a pig is long dead. So at and trying to put lipstick on a pig. And uh, Elliott Management is like, nah, we don't like this shit. So they bought $3.2 billion of at and stock mm. on the DL. And then they did what's called, I guess, an activist. Uh, shit, I don't even know. Um, basically, they're, they're doing uh, an activist takeover mm. where they're trying to rally all the other shareholders now that they own 1%. They're trying to rally all those shareholders, and they're saying, yo, AT&T and their management is like ass backwards. Like, these guys don't know what they're doing. They just dropped $85 billion on buying Time Warner, which they shouldn't have done. They're basically trying to take over Hollywood, become a media and entertainment company. They're way behind the curve. Netflix is way ahead. Apple way ahead. Amazon way ahead. And AT&T's trying to come. They, all the, they, they bought Time Warner, which, by the way, the crown jewel of Time Warner, we all know, is HBO. Yeah. So they're trying to like capitalize on HBO Now or HBO Max. And uh, Elliot is just like, you guys don't know what the hell you're doing with this $160 billion in debt. Um, Isn't that going to be like the third HBO streaming service? I think so, man. There's HBO, HBO Now. Now, HBO Go. HBO Go, HBO yeah. Max. What I, the I was, hell? I was literally like, what the hell is that? How is that different? It just feels like AT&T, like, I remember when they had the rights to the iPhone in 2007 mm. and you could only get mm. the iPhone if you signed up for AT&T service. Mm. Oh, yeah. And I feel like they botched the shit out of that. Mm. Like that should have put them into like, you know, crazy territory of like, it's almost like monopolistic because the yeah. iPhone was so powerful back then. Mm. They had it for like two years. Mm. First, they should have extended that somehow. Yep. And second, they should have like, I don't know, turned it into some sort of big ass money making opportunity and it feels like they just were asleep at the wheel. At that, I, I don't know. I, I I signed up for it for like a year or two, and then boom! Once I could move from AT and T, I moved right away. Bye. Yeah, they didn't make Peace. it. Didn't make sense for me to stick there. They did, they did not make it make sense for me to stay. So you know, so that's what these guys are doing. Um, now they are a two hundred and seventy billion dollar company according to the stock market. Um, so they're they're a valuable. Co- the, the stock market believes them as a valuable company. They do have a lot of valuable assets. My guess is Elliot is going to want to try and spin off. A lot of these things, or mm. change management altogether, because mm. I think they think that there's just a bunch of you know 60 year old white dudes who don't know what the hell they're doing. They just keep buying these random assets because um, they can. Yeah, I don't know. What would the life coach say about fan. that? Oh, I'm just like I'm not a big <laughs> fan of like uh, telecommunications firms. Yeah, Verizon. Yeah, AT&T. internet service providers. Comcast. Like it's like it's no one okay, really likes them. Here's, do they? here's what I hate. So I Xfinity. when I moved to Chicago, dude. So so, <laughs> yeah. go, so right. So you go and you and you are you go to the Xfinity store and you're like, hey, I need internet in my apartment. And like the the process to figure out what kind of internet you want is the most convoluted. Yeah process yeah. and it's intentional like yeah. they are intentionally trying confusing to make it as confusing and as difficult as possible because if you don't actually understand what's happening or if you don't understand your options then you don't have as much of a say like you can't make <laughs> as much of an informed decision mm-hmm. and that's just like, that's just not good we business. need to confuse the shit out of these people yeah. <laughs> this is a like, marketing meeting <laughs> yeah it's the same thing like as in like buying a used car or something mm-hmm. like that is it well what is when that? you go to the dealer you mean yeah when you go to the car dealership and mm-hmm try to buy a used car and then all of a sudden you're driving around some rust bucket that's going to fail in three months. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, what does that say about your confidence in your product if that's how you're selling? Like, right. that's how you're interacting with customers is yeah. like, we have shitty internet. Them. We need to confuse the shit out of them. They're just entrenched. Like, that's what it is. Now it's just conserve. Like, uh, protect what uh, we have. It's gross. Internet, it's gross. But we need uh, to make it complicated. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I think they're saying like, we have really shitty stuff and really shitty products. Uh, the only way these people are going to actually buy them is if we 
do a huge Donald Trump misdirection distraction yeah. of like, here's your options. We want to confuse the shit out of you. Yep. Do not pay attention to the quality They're of afraid. our product. They're afraid to change. It's all from fear, baby. Yeah. Totally. Said like a true so life coach. I'm very excited when uh, Elon Musk, and there was somebody else, I don't remember who it was, but they're talking about sending satellites uh, into space for internet. Recently? Instead of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was yeah. it Jack Ma like, from yeah. Alibaba? Uh, it might have been. Um, they were talking about AI. Oh, okay. But yeah. it, it might have been that conference because yeah. that was but, been getting but, a lot of time. But I, I love this idea of disruption, especially when you have a company like Comcast. Comcast got voted the number one most hated company in America. <laughs> Like two, year, two or three years ago. Like, they're consistently... I like, thought you could say two years in a row. Them. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I'm Maybe, sure huh? it has been multiple years in a row. But, like, that... But that, that, that that's the thing that I also love about, uh, like, the marketplace <laughs> is, like, y- when you are operating a business in a way that doesn't have consumers' best interests in mind, you will eventually get upturned. Yeah. You will eventually... Yeah. And that's the day that I'm waiting for <laughs> Unfortunately, is, like, when that no longer works. It doesn't seem like that happens with elections and politicians. Yeah. I must say, if I like anything about... Well, the, it's also not a totally free market. The, it, what? The, po- like the, the political system. Correct. Right? It's, yeah. not, it's not... I mean, you can buy elections. It's the bottom line. You can buy... A person can buy... You know, companies can buy elections. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I, I would say, like, in the world of capitalism, like, with this whole Carlos Gosen and Hiroto Saikawa, like, these guys, like... At some point, they get just... The board knocks them out. Because yeah. the board is kind of like a dictator a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, and so they can just knock out anyone. Um, and the board is going to like res- uh, report to the consumer. Yeah. Because they're like, uh, yeah, well, if they stop buying our shit, you know, so we better get rid of the CEO. Bingo. So, yeah, some level that's true. Yeah. I mean, I kind of think Elliot is right. This hedge fund. Um, they're right about AT&T. And I love how, by the way, Trump weighed in on this whole thing because one thing that Time Warner owns is CNN. Mm. And so he's like. I'm I'm glad Elliot is doing an activist, uh, you know, takeover or whatever. Because maybe now they'll uh, those liars. Yeah, they'll they'll fix CNN's fake news. So, good luck, AT and T. I don't have much hope for you. I think that a lot of people are going to turn on AT and T. So, kind of hope so. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll get better internet. Yep. That was episode 63. Thank you all for listening. And make sure you catch us Wednesday on when we drop episode 64. It's all about me and Hayden talking about life coaching. How do you double your income? How do you get a promotion? What are the basic ingredients to making big change in your life so you can get the things you want to get? Yo, we even dropped into uh, talking about my own survival mechanisms, uh, my own wrestling with what I'm doing with my late father's restaurant trying to get that going doubling revenues and my own fear of white people listen in make sure you catch it peace